Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the time. We have cleared the lines for our great listeners to talk some college football with us, and especially Brian Jones. This is Open Phones with Jones. Anything you want in college football is your opportunity to talk college football with one of the great analysts that we've ever been given. Uh, this is and that's the way I look at it. It's like it's been a, it's a gift to have Brian Jones on this planet for us to talk college football. So take advantage of it now. <laughs> Want to talk Shiano? Talk Shiano. Want to talk about Dan Mullen? You talk that. Chip Kelly? You talk that. If the your program something happened last couple days, whatever, let's do it. Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. We haven't even gotten to the college football playoff yet, which is no. going to be an intense conversation. So we'll get that going at eight five five two one two four CBS. What I tell you about Pitt, man? What I on tell Wednesday. you about Pitt, man? You asked me. What did you ask me? Will I? Will the game still be in flux in the fourth quarter? What did I tell you? You said yes. that it would be. Can you I, pick it? Yes, you can. And I did pick it. Uh, that was one of my picks. Well, by the way, this weekend went four and two. You went a robust one and five. Oof. Uh, yeah, r- rough. You got the iron bolt right. So hey. good for you, on, you go. <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, just an amazing experience. And I was able. I was lucky enough to get down on the field before the game. And I tell you, you know, he, seeing that Miami team up close, and then seeing the Pitt team up close. <laughs> Just the disparity between these guys yeah. is unreal. Uh, but I still felt good even after that. I just I, I knew that you know, when you when you know that you're not going to a bowl game and it's senior day and you've had a history of doing stuff like this, like Pitt has, whether it was the 13-9 game against West Virginia in 2007, whether it was beating Virginia Tech as the number two team in the country back in 2002, whether it was last year, a lot of these same kids. We're on the team. A lot of the same men, I should say, young men on the team um, at, with at Clemson. I mean, whatever you have a history of doing it. Uh, there was something in them on Friday, and and this didn't it didn't even like feel like a uh, an upset because no. Pitt dominated yeah. the entire game. Right, uh, Miami couldn't run. The, they couldn't run the rock, and and then you know you, you had Malik Rozier overshooting receivers time and time again. He wasn't on point, but I still thought. It was a bad look by Mark Rick to sit him there about nine or ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. He brings in the backup. I mean, what message are you sending to your quarterback at that point? You, if you, He's off early in this ball game. He didn't throw any interceptions, but he's off early. How about you sit him then? You don't wait till the fourth quarter to try to send a message to the quarterback unless you're going to take him out for the rest of the ball game, which he didn't do. He thrust him back uh, out there the next possession. So I didn't. I don't know what type of uh, rationale was going on with Mark Rick, and he didn't do anything to add 
uh, in his post-game comments about pulling the young man. So uh, th- that made no sense to me. But you're right. It didn't feel like uh, it was a, a, a big-time upset, and it didn't feel like Pitt was overmatched. They came out to ball, and that's exactly what they did. This Pickett kid who they had put into the game a, a week prior versus uh, Virginia Tech when they couldn't score four tries on the goal line really put him in a position to have a, an opportunity to win that ball game, and he came out and played nails again. Where has he been all season? I, I mean, know. he's the third option for this football I, team, but I think he has a firm grasp heading into offseason and spring ball as the, oh. new, as the new starter. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, yeah. and that kid was unbelievable, and there is a legitimate criticism to be had there about, you know, where was he a couple of games ago. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, however... Uh, forget about that for now. You got a guy, and you have some real optimism going into next year. And the thing that surprised me the most about him is how many times that he'd be running the ball, whether it was a designed run or the pocket broke and he had to escape, where he'd be dragging players, he'd be knocking Miami players down, he would an extra two or three yards with guys on his back. Like, this is a true freshman, and he's that strong that he can get an extra couple yards by driving his feet. I was shocked by that. And then I saw a a picture of him in the locker room afterwards. The guy's built. I mean, for a young guy, he is absolutely built, and he had the stones to do it, and that naked bootleg to really put the game away in the fourth quarter was one of the cool. And I was sitting right there on that side. It was right in front of me. was one of the coolest plays that I've seen in person in a while because it really sealed the deal even though Miami got a touchdown they had the opportunity with the onside kick, whatever. But that was just it was just awesome. Yeah, Sean Watson, the offensive coordinator, called that play and and, and you got fourth and five there and they run the, the naked and, and and you get pick it into the end zone. That was great. And and, and Narduzzi at halftime calling his shot. Yeah. I mean, how about that, that was phenomenal. Yeah, he said it's gonna happen here again today. Uh, he said it happened you know back in two thousand and seven against West Virginia. He's an eastern Ohio guy so he he has some of that that Pittsburghese in his mm-hmm. voice too, but he, but being in Pittsburgh has also <laughs> made made him even more sounding like a Pittsburgher, which I think is great. And in the post game, I was listening, you know, I was driving out of there, stuck in traffic, uh, trying to get out, listening to the post game, and uh, and he goes, "You yeah, could take that turnover chain, and leave it there somewhere in Dade County." <laughs> <laughs> it was just tremendous. I mean, I was so because you know me, like I don't have a lot of opportunities to, like be a fan like that still, right. like, and and I really, I mean, I worked for that program for a couple of years, and I know how many heartbreaks they've had, and it was just. I don't know. Just seeing the people that have gone through hell and back, yeah. that that program means everything to them. Have that moment there was was just amazing. And for Miami, I, you're not necessarily done, which no. is which is a good thing for you because you've got an opportunity with the way things have have shaken out to beat Clemson in the ACC title game and then go ahead and, and still be in the Final Four. Uh, Clemson, uh, <laughs> I had them on upset alert. Oof. Oh, they proved me wrong in a mighty big way. They just took it to South Carolina. Doesn't help when you turn the ball over repeatedly and just gift them touchdowns. Uh, but Clemson looked apart last night. They look like they are rolling on all cylinders, and uh, this should be a, a, an excellent matchup between them and the Canes. And you're right, the Canes, as heartbreaking as that loss was Friday, uh, they can still get into the playoffs if they can knock off Clemson. It will be an excellent ball game. You're talking about a lot of swagger on that football field. Uh, there's going to be a ton on, on both sidelines. I want to know what happens when if Wisconsin loses the Big Ten title game. I, I just I'm really curious if Ohio State wins that game. Mm-hmm. 
I would assume that Alabama's in at that point, I would think. I still think, and I, had a, I was talking to a friend who's just a sports guy, talk show host out here yesterday, and he thinks there's still a chance that even if Wisconsin, I told him he's nuts, but even if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten title, that Alabama will still get in. Like there will be people in that committee that will still put Alabama in over an undefeated Big Ten no, champion. No, no way that happens. And, no and, and if way. It, I told him if it does, that would be disgusting. Right. You tear it and, up. You tear up the whole playoff committee at that point. You tear up the whole process. Uh, no way are you going to disrespect Wisconsin even more so than they have, have been disrespected already this season uh, because of the schedule they've played. No way you disrespect them. They knock off Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Uh, Wisconsin is going to get in, and your, your friend is probably pointing to the fact that Penn State beat Ohio State, then won the Big Ten championship, and, and then uh, Ohio State got in over them. And, and people will say, well, you look at the loss to Michigan. Of course, Penn State lost to Pitt in a close one early in the season. Then they were just annihilated by Michigan. But their, their linebacking core was decimated. And it's interesting, this committee will point to the fact that Clemson lost at Syracuse. They'll say, well, the quarterback limped into that, that ball game in the carrier dome. But you know what? That defense didn't limp into the carrier dome. And, and Syracuse were able to just run roughshod over and throw the ball on them. Did whatever they, they wanted to do, and they haven't won a ball game since uh, Syracuse hasn't. So yeah. uh, you, you can't point to the fact that, that Kelly Bryan was banged up and actually eventually left that ball game versus Syracuse when you didn't take into account that Penn State going into Michigan it had no one to play linebacker. They were pulling guys off the street. They got healthy, and then they beat Ohio State, a top-ranked team at that point, and then they go on to win their conference championship, and you overlook them for Ohio State sitting there with the one loss on the season two, who the conference champion, Penn State. So I just don't see that happening. You know, what could happen, Alabama sitting there with their loss, and we'll see how things play out in the ACC, and Let's say Ohio State wins the conference. Let's say right. they beat Wisconsin. Well, and then the committee could probably say, uh, okay, Ohio State, you can get some of the medicine, uh, your own medicine, because uh, you didn't win your conference last year, nor did you win the division. Alabama didn't win their conference, nor did they win the division. But we're going to put them ahead. Of, well, ahead. I think that if, if, if Auburn ends up winning the SEC, I think they have a better chance of that happening because their one loss will be to this red-hot Auburn team. You know, I mean, I think that that helps them if Auburn goes. You know, I, I think that Auburn has to – to beat Georgia in order for that to to work, I don't for think Alabama gets in. Uh, you know, if Ohio State wins uh, their their conference, I think Ohio State's going to get in. And people look at their bad losses. Iowa, uh, inexcusable the manner in which they lost to Iowa. Iowa's what won one game since that that defeat, and that was this past weekend. And and they lost Oklahoma, the manner in which they lost Oklahoma earlier uh, this year. Uh, so, well, uh, well, those two losses and, and the, the margin of defeat uh, were those hurt Ohio State, we will find out. Uh, yeah. and, and especially losing late to an Iowa team that has done nothing since, uh, really, since they knocked off the Buckeyes. Uh, so I, I think if, if Auburn goes on and beats Georgia again, of course they're going to be in. Uh, Clemson would have to lose – and I think I think Miami still gets in if if they beat Clemson they're going to get in and well, and, and then uh, Big Ten uh, Big Twelve TCU would have to beat Oklahoma that's the only way Alabama is going to get in. See, I, I disagree. I, I think that it's going to be it'll be the ACC champ whoever that is out of the two, right? It'll be the SEC champ whoever that is out of the two. It'll be Oklahoma, and then you'll have if Wisconsin ends up winning the Big Twelve a uh, Big Ten championship. Then you'll have them in as an undefeated Big Ten champ. And then if 
Ohio State ends up beating Wisconsin, I'm I'm saying fair or not, the committee will put in Alabama there. In the, I don't I don't believe spot. so because they love Ohio State as much as they love Alabama. That's why Ohio State got yeah. in a year ago. I understand, and, but, but we're saying, talking two we're talking two losses versus one loss, right. and that one loss would be, and I think especially if Auburn ends up beating Georgia a second time, yeah. that'll really solidify that. They're, right. they're going to find a way to get Alabama. They're going to say, well, we can't have two two loss teams after Bill Hancock told us yes. here on Gio and Jones that we'll right. never have a two loss team uh, right. in, in the playoff. But I, I think. Alabama is rooting for TCU in their rematch with Oklahoma to knock off Oklahoma, and that gives them a better chance of getting in as yeah. well. I'm I'm assuming that's not going to happen, but of course it could. Well, um, and, and and the committee's proven that conference championships don't matter to them. That they right. they have proven that. So who knows what they do? I, I think the, the the rankings tomorrow will be Clemson number one, Oklahoma number two, and then you'll have uh, Wisconsin and Auburn. I bet you they put Auburn three, Wisconsin four. Well, they should I, put Wisconsin uh, three, uh, but I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, who else has a resume even with two losses as Auburn? Auburn has knocked off two number one ranked teams in this playoff committee well, ranking. Two number I, one uh, uh, ranked teams, and now they have a shot at another. Georgia will probably be what five or six now heading into this SEC championship game. You lose by uh, eight. To uh, to Clemson, who's going to be number one on their turf? Did Auburn? Now the second half of LSU, no way you should have lost that ball game, but you did. Uh, but now the run you've been on, I mean, Auburn has to be sitting. I'd have them at four, and maybe the committee looks at the fact that they knocked off two uh, number one teams, so they put them ahead of Wisconsin. And if you're really going to do the who's the best in the country test, if you're going to do that in that committee room, then they should be number one. Quite frankly. I mean that's that's what I think right now they're they're the best they're playing better than anybody they're the best team in the country but now you have to talk about the resume naturally um, but I certainly think that uh, nobody's playing better than them look at the uh, the phones here Travis joins that. us Travis in Iowa is open phones with Brian Jones at four one two not four one two oh my goodness <laughs> I had, that's in the the numbers in the studio that's why. I looked at it and I read it. Oh my gosh. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Travis, good morning. What's happening with you? Good morning, guys. And it's the 319 here. So, All right. Oh, oh, I well, love well, it. Thanks Travis. for that, dog. Yeah, yeah, man. The 319. I'm glad you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Sorry about the turkey. Um, <laughs> thanks, Travis. How was yours? Everybody survived? It was all right. We had, we had about 50 people here at the house. Whoa. 50 people? Y'all have that many still living? You got that big of a house? Well, we we got a seven-bedroom house. but Oh, oh my. 50 people in state. Wow, Travis. It's not a big house, but it's it's livable. And <laughs> we just had a good time and no drama, no fight. Oh, there you Look go. At that. Fifty people, no drama. Wow, is one hell of an achievement. Turkey, turkey was good. So. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in. Yeah. How many but, turkeys uh, did you? You, know, you probably needed about five turkeys and fifty people. Now we had about three. So somebody <laughs> went home. Somebody left hungry. G. Oh, there's oh, no uh, doubt. I feel like I got to go to Travis's Thanksgiving next year. I mean, if he's got <laughs> three delicious turkeys, we can't even get one right here in Pittsburgh. Going to have to go there. <laughs> well, you know, with Iowa winning, I guess it was all right. You know, I don't know. It wasn't very impressive to me, but, you know. 
and you just called to say that? No, well, you know how Mike Riley, you know Mike Riley got fired in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. it was very impressive. What are you talking about? Yeah, tight end after tight end running free in that ball game. Akram Wadley had a big ball game. They post fifty six on on uh, Nebraska in their house there in Lincoln. That was impressive. I mean, I mean the, it was all, it was all right. Yeah. Just, I wasn't impressed. It, I was been <laughs> like the Cubs this year, off and on. So, mm. oh, okay. Yeah, well. So you just uh, called the lament that uh, 56 they posted on Nebraska. Yeah, I got a feeling there's not a lot that makes you happy, Travis, right? <laughs> no, not a lot. Yeah, I, fig- I, fig- I figured. No, not a lot. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, no no major. What's that? Oh, my. go ahead, sorry. I was going to say any major uh, family issues going on right now, usually you got a couple of those <sighs> to report to us. No, not really. Everything's oh, wow. good. Wow. All right. All right, good. Well, I was That's shocked. It? Yeah, everything's all right. Nothing's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, Travis, your your new profile picture, there's been better pictures of you than that one. Mm. I think I think you got a little bit too close. I've seen some better pictures of you. The other one was close. Picture. Now this one he's got a little bit too. It's just too it's too much Travis in the oh. thing. It's just too it's too close. You got to back away a little bit, maybe put on a hat. Listen, I know I know picture taking is a rough thing, like with the big fat head that I possess. You know, there's got certain angles and shadows and things. You got to make sure you get a good one. Damn, Travis, you look spooky, man. Yeah, you got to be. What are you looking at? Yeah, you got to you got to look in the camera. You got to smile a little bit and maybe put the Iowa Ooh. hat on, Cubs hat on. No, and there's been better pictures of you. Are Travis. you a are you a serial killer? Tell the truth. Well, I could be. You you ain't lying <laughs> with that look. Damn. <laughs> The hell? You looking like somebody stole your turkey? <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's spooky, there, dog. I'm I'm yeah, I'm gonna get off that. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's Christmas song season, Travis. You have anything for us? Not right now. Not right. Well, not right now. Well, you know that the show is gonna cease to exist by the end of the year. So if you don't oh. call up one more time from now until our last show, which I believe is December 29th, and sing a song. Then our relationship will be kaput for the rest of our lives. Okay, you understand? I'll, I'll call a long time before that. So all right. Don't worry. I'll, all I'll right. Have any suggestions or any requests? Oh, it's all what you want. I mean, how about um, I, I don't know anything anything that you want, whatever you're comfortable with. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> don't harm anyone. Serial right. killer. All right. See I'll you. Try not to. Yeah. Right. Have there a good week. Put some right, Put a hat on and pull it over your. Yeah. Woof. That yeah, picture. you can um, no, don't put do up it. on Mm-mm. the Geo and Jones Twitter account the don't, the don't Travis profile picture. Don't do it, so people know mm. what we're talking. He could do, he can get a better picture than that. I would I hope. Think. I mean, that's just why would he even sign off on that picture? I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know why he's signing off Damn. on that picture. Maybe he wants one. to scare people. Maybe that's it. Scared yeah. of trollers. <laughs> I ain't gonna troll him. You see the smile on that motherfucker. <laughs> Damn. All right. Uh, still so much to get to. We haven't even touched the NFL yet. We will do that next, but first, listen to Brian. That's right. Here's the deal. Relief Factor is not just for former or present athletes, not at all. For anyone struggling with pain, yes, athletes, but also, yes, for anyone with back, neck, shoulder, hip, or knee pain, foot pain, hand pain, or general muscle aches and pain. You can be 30 or you can be 95. If you're in pain, I suggest you give Relief Factor a try. Can't guarantee it'll work, but here's a tip. 
Almost 80% of people who ordered a three-week quick start for only $19.95 go on to order it again. That's under a dollar a day to see if it can work for you like it did and does for me. And it's 100% drug-free. That's what I love about it. 100% drug-free, honestly. If lowering or eliminating your pain for $19.95 sounds like too much money, you must not be in too much pain. Order the three-week quick start for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. Or call them, 800-500-8384. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. You got three different pronunciations from Mikey B in the break on his <laughs> last name. Sally? He goes, <laughs> it's just- <laughs> and, and I you knew pro- it too. <laughs> how do you pronounce this? And he first goes, Sali. And I said, I said, Sali. And then he goes, he goes, no, 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 Sale. Oh. <laughs> and he said, he said, no, 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 Barrett Sally. And I said, what? <laughs> so which one of these? And it's a Barrett Sali. Is that where we're going with Mike Sali? Yeah, just call him BS, you know, whatever. Oh, man. Uh, Sali. The, the, the best was Sale. <laughs> Michael Buscaglia. You gave, you gave me a Sale. I'll have that uh, Barrett Sale, okay, <laughs> on the double. Uh, all right, Bogish, what's going on over there, man? Uh, huh? Greg Schiano is still an Ohio State assistant this morning. <laughs> the former Bucks and Rutgers head coach is about to be Tennessee's new coach yesterday, but then alumni and media freaked out, and the Vols reportedly unshook hands with Schiano. Officially hired are Dan Mullen at Florida and Matt Luke at Ole Miss. Mullen returns to the Gators after six seasons in charge at Mississippi State. Luke was the interim coach in Oxford after Hugh Freeze's abrupt resignation back in July. Texas A&M fired Kevin Sumlin yesterday. Arizona State dumped Todd Graham. And Clemson's number one in the new AP poll, followed by Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Auburn, and Alabama. The far more important college football playoff rankings, of course, come out tomorrow night. As we've come to expect, the Pittsburgh Steelers found a way to win on Sunday Night Football. We persevered in the face of adversity. Mike Tomlin's team (laughs) overcoming three turnovers and three touchdown passes from Brett Hundley to top the Packers in Pittsburgh. 31-28 on Chris Boswell's 53-yard field goal as time expired. Antonio Brown caught 10 passes for 169 yards and two scores. Jimmy Garoppolo made his Niner debut yesterday, a four-yard scramble and a 10-yard touchdown pass after C.J. Beathard hurt his knee with 67 seconds left against Seattle. But head coach Kyle Shanahan does not care. No, no, those plays have nothing to do with anything. That's just running around and um, made a great play. But that's no, those have no bearing on it at all. The Seahawks won the game 24-13. Russell Wilson threw two scores, ran for a third. The Niners will figure out their QB situation once they know about Beathard's injury. The Rams held off the Saints 26-20 to end New Orleans' eight-game winning streak. No stopping the Eagles, though. Nine straight wins. They're blowing out the Bears 31-3. The Pats down the Dolphins 35-17. The Panthers outscored the Jets 35-27. And the Falcons beat the Bucks 34-20. 12 catches, 253 yards, and two scores from Julio Jones. Monday night football, can't wait. Baltimore hosting Houston. In the NBA, the Grizzlies lost their eighth straight, 98-88 at home to Mikey B's Nets. Leading scorer Marcus Saul watched the fourth quarter from the bench. I did get frustrated and mad and, and start wondering. At the same time, I see, you know, my teammates and my, my friends, the guys that I work with out there, uh, trying to get a win 
and uh, and and I'm, I'd rather you know try to focus on the positive. Head coach Dave Fisdale said he simply stuck with those playing the best. Tony Parker makes his season debut tonight as the Spurs meet the Maz Parker Tour. His left quadriceps tendon back in the playoffs in the spring. College hoops, North Carolina shooting a program record low 24.6% from the floor in a 63-45 loss to Michigan State in the final of the victory bracket at the PK-80 in Portland. Duke rallied past Florida 87-84 to win the motion bracket. Boys? <laughs> the motion bracket? <laughs> I don't know how the motion and victory were the names of the two side-by-side tournaments. All right. Thanks, Bogus. Yeah, my pleasure. That's going to be the longest tournament. That, that tournament is almost as long as the, the tournament at the end of the season. My goodness. It was long. Uh, How many teams they have in the, was it, the field night? It, it was two 16-team tournaments yeah. side by side. They played Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah. I told you I didn't want to talk oh. basketball, man. I mean, of all the names, though, the name, the, the bracket, the motion bracket? Yeah, the motion in the ocean bracket. All right. Uh, so let's talk some NFL. Finally, the biggest game yesterday between two good teams was the Rams and the Saints out in LA. Yeah, and uh, the Saints, who hadn't lost in forever, on the road against an LA team that had gone into Minnesota the week before and lost. And talk about a tough stretch in the schedule to face those two teams back to back weeks, and they were able to get a split. Were the Rams and uh, Jared Goff is just really no. Not as many people are talking about him, I guess, because everybody's looking at Sean McVay and what he's been able to do with that team and the fact that, uh, yeah, Todd Gurley is someone who's been very, very good for them, but he spreads the ball around. I, I don't know what it is, but, I mean, Jared Goff, and maybe because Carson Wentz is having an even better season, uh, but Jared Goff has been phenomenal. Yeah. And he really was on display yesterday. This is one of the best games that that, uh, at least for uh, maybe 80% of it, that that Rams defense had played in a while, even though it got a little bit dicey there in the fourth quarter and they couldn't stop Alvin Kamara to, to save their lives. Um, but a tremendous win for the Saints team that continues to mature in front of our eyes. And you know, really, it, it clouds the NFC picture you know, even more. I mean, you've got 8-3 uh, and three Saints, 8-3 and three Panthers, 8-3 and three Rams, 9-2 and two Vikings, and 10-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. And oh, by the way, there's two seven-win teams yeah. in the Falcons and Seahawks in this conference. Just incredible. Yeah, it is incredible, and it's bad news for my Dallas Cowboys uh, losing again there to our boy Anthony Lynn on, on Turkey Day. But the Rams are for real, man. Uh, this is a good-looking football team, and Jared Goff looks the part of a, a first-round pick, a, a, a number one overall pick. He looks so much comfortable, much more comfortable in the pocket and playing in this offense. He has some weapons to throw the ball to. They're a well-rounded football team. It's not just the offense. You mentioned the defense, and, and it's also the special teams. Uh, they're, they're playing at a, a, an incredible level right now. And, and bringing in uh, old Wiley, uh, wide-eyed, wildly veteran like uh, Wade Phillips to run that defense, uh, that guy, it, it seems like whatever he touches on, on, on the defensive side of the ball it turns to gold. And he has these guys playing extremely well. This is a very good football team. This was a huge test for both of these guys because the Saints, they come out of nowhere and they go on a nice roll, uh, winning six, seven straight ball games. Of course, the Rams have been making noise all season long. And, and a huge test for both of them. And I, I think that, that there's a good chance they may end up seeing each other again. Yeah, and the Eagles are so impressive. I mean, yeah. their schedule hasn't been 
much to get excited about. Uh, they're not playing necessarily a playoff schedule, a first-place schedule from the year before, uh, but they're just throttling people, and they did it again yesterday, the Chicago Bears. I mean, it's just amazing. These double-digit wins that they're putting together, I mean, there's not – they're not even sweating these games out at all. No. I mean, the last time I feel like they had a you know, a close game was that, that Chiefs game that they ended up losing. They're one loss. I can't even – it's just every week it, it feels like they are – they're winning big. And I hope that they, for their sake, you know, have a, a, some sort of test at some point to see uh, – so their first test doesn't come in the playoffs. Not to lose a game, just to play, play a better team, not to go down uh, that road. But uh, – and by the way, Trubisky – just, I mean, he, of all these, some of these young players we have seen and some of these young quarterbacks, and maybe he'll end up being okay. I mean, Goff last year was not great in his first year. They're going to have to get a head coach in there that knows what he's doing. But but uh, so far, so good on that call about uh, the both of us didn't love the Bears trading up and giving up all that yeah. for Mitch Trubisky yeah. at, at, at number two. Now, Watson got hurt, which changes things, and that was a big you know knock on him coming in is – Fragility, but I mean, Trubisky. He just there's nothing about him that's exciting. Well, I mean, I'm so- nothing exciting about that football team currently. They they can't block, they can't tackle, and especially when you're going up against a top notch squad like the the, the Eagles. Uh, so we'll see what happens with John Fox. Will he continue to be the captain of that ship, or will he look elsewhere? But uh, you know, he had to sign off, I would think, on 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 trading up to get Trubisky, and 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 uh, now they're running with him. I picked the right day to play Julio Jones on DraftKings. Oh, because, wow. Uh, really? Boy, boy, did he. It was the cheapest he'd been in the longest time uh, because his production had been down. I mean, he just wasn't doing as much uh, as uh, – wasn't doing Julio Jones-like things uh, this season. But this was uh, absolutely his breakout game. I mean, it was – every time I looked up, I ended up going to uh, – a sports bar yesterday, and I made them. I had the more Falcons players than anybody else, so I made sure they put that game on in clear view where I was. Uh, but I had all the TVs in there. It was great. And every time I, I looked up, it was Julio Jones' catch, Julio Jones' touchdown, Julio Jones' another catch. He's Julio Jones on an end around. It was just, I mean, when he is on like that and playing yeah. like that, he looks like the most dominant wide receiver I've seen since Randy Moss. I mean, well, that's what he yeah, looks like. I would agree, and he's the only one in history to have three – 250-plus reception days, uh, uh, receiving yards days. I mean, that's crazy. The only one to have three. There are a lot with uh, – not a lot, but there are a few with uh, with uh, one, you know, your boy Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, and, and Calvin Johnson. But Julio has three of those and still a lot of football left in his life. Tampa couldn't do anything with him. And even if they were draped all over him, uh, uh, Matt Ryan found a way to get the ball to him, and, and Julio has proven, even in his days at Alabama, he knows how to go up and, and fight for the ball. He's a big body. And so, yeah, he was rolling yesterday. Yeah, and, and so did Mohamed Sanu, yep. which is with an unbelievable – first of all, he bobbles the shotgun snap and then is able to throw the ball down. Now, of course, we know his history as a quarterback. He played mm-hmm. it in high school, but, I mean, to throw that ball in an NFL game just to that spot with defenders around Julio Jones, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I didn't think it was him at first because I was I didn't right. see the snap and I saw the throw, and then someone said, Sanu threw that ball. I could not believe uh, that he was able to to make that pass. So, the, and then, the I mean, the Falcons' offense is 
is just is starting to roll in the biggest way. And this sort of same stuff happened last year with them where they got on a roll. But, you know, right now you do not want to run into them, that's for sure, Sanu, because it looks like they finally figured it out. That was his sixth uh, pass uh, as, as a professional, and he's completed all six of them. <laughs> and his, his most impressive. Touchdowns. Right, his I most it's got to be his most impressive. <laughs> I, I would agree with that, and, and you're right. And I said this last week. You know, I don't hear anybody balking about uh, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and this offense now. Maybe it just took him a while to, to get comfortable in, in his new system, his new scheme. And, and now it seems as though everyone is comfortable, including their quarterback, all the wide receivers. It helps when you're taking on Tampa Bay, a team that's just – Lost currently, and uh, all the John Gruden talk about him going to Tennessee. Maybe he goes back to Tampa Bay and, and helps that squad out because they are they they look lost. No, they can't do anything right. I mean, they there was so much optimism around that team with hard knocks, and they have just completely fallen apart. Just absolutely fallen apart. All right, coming up next, the Steelers get a win, one that they shouldn't have sweated out on Sunday Night Football. And do we do we already know what the AFC Championship game matchup is going to be? We're coming right back. This is Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All the talk out here about the Steelers is them and the Patriots. And after yesterday and last night, that has ratcheted up once again. They desperately want the Patriots when it comes to the postseason. Now, the regular season stuff, I mean, whatever. You know, you, you, you meet them in the regular season, you beat them in the regular season. Maybe home field's on the line, maybe it's not on the line. But really, it comes down to, can the Steelers beat the Patriots in the postseason? Because you've never seen that in the Brady-Belichick era. And then you bring up some of these games, and the Steelers fans will talk about, oh, well, they cheated that one year, we know that, and, oh, they're going to get him this year. The defense is back. And then you see last night with Brett Hundley and the Green Bay Packers ah. putting up 28 on him, and you need a 53-yard field goal as time yeah. expires to beat him at home. This is not a dud on the road, Steelers. And that's the last thing I expected to happen last night yep. was that Steelers defense to play as poorly as it did against that Green Bay offense. And then I just look at the the Patriots just rolling. I know they ran over a couple of really bad teams and bad defenses the last two weeks in the Raiders and Dolphins. But, I I mean, the Steelers got to show me. They got to start really showing me something at the end of this regular season and on both sides of the ball to make me believe that if they run into – the Patriots in the AFC title game that they're going to be able to take care of them this year. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, struggling to find out why this defense struggles as much as it does, especially going up against the Packers offense that hasn't really uh, been that offensive uh, here of late uh, with Hundley uh, under center. So they, they give up so many explosive plays. I saw a stat for Pittsburgh since week 10. Opponents have had passing touchdowns of 54, 60, 61, 75, and 55 yards. Uh, you just cannot give up those type of chunk plays, and they have been doing that. And then the Packers last night, what that that last scoring drive was about uh, 11, 12 plays. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, come on, with two minutes left on the clock, wow, twelve play drive, really? That's when you yeah. really have to bow your neck. And and luckily for them, uh, they got the huge field goal uh, there to, to win the ball game. But uh, that defense, uh, they, they they have to be scratching their head. Why do we keep? And we would continue to give up such huge plays, and and that will be the death knell of you, especially going up against the Patriots. They thrive on plays like that. 
Yeah, and I think that the Joe Hayden injury is is a bigger deal mm-hmm. than they want to bring up because you know, since they ended up losing him, it's been a, a different defense at times. But still, the way that that Steelers defense is built, it's all about pressure, and and they've had some mediocre corners on some excellent defenses in the past. The guys that you could always trust out there that might not have been the most talented because they were always getting after the quarterback. And if they're not getting after the quarterback and those guys get exposed, then it's going to be a different story. I know that they ended up seeing a lot of that uh, rookie, I believe it was a third-round pick, Cam Sutton, mm-hmm. uh, was out there last night. So uh, they're going to have to to get that fixed. And it's amazing how I you, f- you feel better today about that Patriots defense, at least after what happened yesterday. You feel better about that Patriots defense. It couldn't stop anybody. Now, then you do the the Steelers' defense, but that Pats' defense is still nothing to write home about. I mean, they're still one of the worst in the league against the run, but the problem is, for their opponents, is they're never running the ball because they're always playing from 21 points behind, Right, right. so it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, can you you keep your team as a defense, can you keep your team in the game? Uh, Therefore, you can then utilize your strength against their weakness. That is the big conundrum for everyone that faces Tom Brady, uh, and his multiple weapons. You know, how do we shut these guys down or at least keep the game close to where now we can lean on our running game because we think it can exploit their weakness over there in the front seven? So last night, Tony Dungy does an interview for Football Night in America with Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin's a guy that he's not going to ever talk about stuff in the future or stuff in the past that's irrelevant. You know, I mean, he's just that guy that – I'm focused on the task at hand. We got the Green Bay Packers tonight and a very good head coach, Mike McCarthy, and Brett Hundley, who we believe is getting better, and bada-boo-da-boo-da-boo. So, like, that's what you're going to get from him. Uh, but he, not last night. He said, quote, I'm going to embrace the elephant in the room, talking about the Week 15 game at home against the Patriots. The game is going to be fireworks, and it's probably going to be part one. That's going to be a big game. So, I mean, the fact that he's already looking ahead to week 15 in that game tells you that how important it is to to them to, to get through them finally. And, and I'd sign for that right now. I don't even care about anybody else in the AFC. Uh, give me those two teams in an AFC title game uh, in one of those two spots, either Foxborough and Heinz Field, and and let's go because uh, they look like the two best teams in the in the conference right now, hands down. Yeah, they definitely do. And that should be uh, – there will be lots of fireworks uh, when they hook up. And, and uh, that's interesting to hear him go there uh, because most coaches, you're right, wouldn't go there. They never go there. It's about the next game on the, on the schedule, and I'm not looking past those opponents. And, you know, we'll see if – uh, if if that comes back to bite him, but uh, the fact that he he went there uh, lets you know that he's thinking about it as well, Steelers fans. Yeah, I know it. It really is amazing. I've never I never seen that before. I want to see who they have in between here. So, you know what's even crazier about that is the week before they've they've got the the Ravens. So mm-hmm. I mean, for them to and they've got the Bengals coming up on Monday Night Football. So. The Bengals, who they've got this hated rivalry with because they can't stand each other and Vontez perfect and all the stuff that goes on there. So they can't stand them. They're next. After that, that's a Monday night game. They play so many damn primetime games. If I, if I was, uh, if I was still here, oh, my goodness. If I was still here doing the shows, I'd be so ticked off <laughs> because I, you can't go to sleep on the primetime games right. in Pittsburgh. You know, if you're doing a <laughs> Pittsburgh Sports Talk radio show, you got to stay up. So this is three in a row they have, unless they flex the Ravens-Steelers out of Sunday night on the 10th, but probably not. 
So you got Steelers-Bengals Monday Night Football on the December 4th. Then you got Steelers-Ravens on December 10th. And then you have the Patriots. So that he's looking past his two most hated rivals in the AFC North to talk about the Patriots in a few weeks. That really is shocking, especially from Mike Tomlin. Yo, I would agree. That's shocking for any team, knowing that you have some traditional uh, foes there that who are, are you looked upon as rivals before you get to the Patriots. I mean, you, you, the Bengals, the Ravens, come on. There's no way you look past those two. You know those are going to be physical ball games, and yet you hear opining on a team down the line after you have to hook it up with those. Uh, I, I, would, I would not have gone there. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's on the bulletin board, not that you need an extra motivation when you're taking on the Steelers, but those teams they have to face before you get to the, the Patriots, I, I'm sure they're going to get worried. Well, you know, they weren't even thinking about you. They were overlooking you. The, they were thinking about the Patriots, even though they had to play you. That's going uh, to be heard in those two uh, respective uh, locker rooms, and, and we'll see how the, the games go. But uh, that is shocking that a head coach would choose to go there. You know who sucks? The Chiefs. The Chiefs <laughs> just suck. I cannot believe that they have fallen apart like this. I mean, they, and I, I put them in the Super Bowl, and then I thought I even gave them a little bit of life last week. I was like, you know what? They still have an opportunity at some games, some winnable games. And good for the Bills, though, who come back from that horrible mess that Sean yeah. McDermott and ownership put them in yep. by throwing out Nate Peterman and just having that be the most embarrassing thing that happened the week prior to go back to Tyrod Taylor and to play great. I mean, they were really, really good. And Zay Jones, a uh, a rookie wide receiver looking tremendous mm-hmm. in that football game, Tyrod and Shady McCoy. I mean, you got another weapon there that you could throw to now. Charles Clay is back too. So, I mean, they look like a real football team again. And they the, the Jets had an opportunity to throw themselves back into that AFC slop. They couldn't do it as the Panthers ended up completing that victory to to get back up there to the uh, to eight wins and but the Bills were able to do that against the Chiefs and the Chiefs have now just totally fallen apart and they still may I mean their their division is is a joke um but the Chargers are coming hot and heavy uh, so I would worry about them but the Raiders and the Broncos I would not worry about so much um but I mean what what in the hell Happened to they that have team. been figured out, man. They have been figured out, and it's just like a hot batter. Uh, eventually, they're gonna the pitchers will figure you out. You, you and and so the same thing here. The Chiefs are averaging about thirty three points a game. Now they're averaging about eighteen points a game, and this offense is not clicking. You had a simple little outlet pass to Shark Kendrick West. I, I mean, yeah, these Shark names, West. These names are killing me. We had so many crazy ones this past Friday and Saturday in college football. It, it was hilarious. But uh, the simple pass, you identify where the blitz is coming from. Did Alex Smith, and then you just got to dump it in the hands to West over there in the flat, and he overshoots him. You want to get him in those one-on-one situations where he can use use his athleticism. And, 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 and probably, you know, pick up big chunks of yardage. But you don't even hit the, the guy who's wide open. And, and Alex Smith has just been off a tick. This offense has been off. They can't run the ball. They, they figured out Hunt. He's not averaging well over 100 yards a game anymore. Uh, so they're just off. And, and they need to change the, the, the blueprint. They need to figure it out, tweak something, because everyone has figured them out. Yeah, they can't do a damn thing offensively, and Kareem Hunt, who was the talk of the world early on this year, has just been awful the last couple of weeks. Do you think about putting Mahomes in? 
I, I, I'm not going to rule it out, but uh, I, I don't know if he's the answer. Can he move around? Yeah, but Alex Smith can move around also. He, he may be able to provide a spark. I, I'm still going to roll with Alex Smith until I really believe the wheels have fallen off this, uh, this, this bus. Uh, I, I think I, I would hold off on putting Mahomes in. I, it feels like they're if they were not winning the division still. Yep. Uh, I would think that right. you know that's when you you would do it. But I mean, it feels like they're off. Um, but but we'll see. Mahomes, I can just see Mahomes going into Andy Reid's <laughs> office. I'm ready, coach. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> we all see the writing on the wall. You see the writing on the wall. I do. I we need him in a game yes, just to do. have press conferences because the guy's just the best. All right, coming up next, John Elway calls his players soft. His quarterback gets hurt, then cries. I guess he was right. Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.